hello, everybody. Welcome to the One Word Podcast. I am Pastor Irene Petrie, along with my lovely, precious, wonderful, Thank amazing... Thank you. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> amazing, <laughs> intelligent, smart, witty, sharp... All right. You look like you're running out of steam. That's no, all right. No, I'm not. I'm just wondering how far you want me, you want me to go with this. Starting wife. to sputter a little she bit. She is Let's my wife. That is quit. the highest thing. Oh, that is the highest, highest. That's hilarious. No, amazing wife and mom, my, my sweetheart. She's with me uh, co-piloting this particular podcast today, and I'm so excited to have her with me. I'm glad to have you joining us during this uh, beautiful Friday morning, uh, the year of our Lord. What is today? Today is the 13th. But today, what's today? Oh, I don't know. 13th. Today, the 13th, <laughs> the 13th, January, Friday the 13th, and we're going to bring the Word of God to you. Amen. Amen. And we want to encourage you. We want to be a blessing into your life uh, in some way today. I pray that what is shared today will indeed um, be provocative. I want it to provoke you. I want to be a, a bit of a provocateur today. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm, I'm I, aiding. I, I am aiding you. Be, I want to be Goodness. a bit of a provocateur today. I really do. But I don't want to do it just to provoke you out of just being uh, carnal or just flesh. I want it to be a spiritual provocation because I want to stir your heart to believe God and stir your heart not only to believe God but to obey God, Amen. to do what the Spirit of God has told you to do and laid upon your heart to do, to follow after your vision, your goal, what it is God has, has laid upon your heart and laid out before you. And I believe it's going to do that and uh, because this is something that kind of God just put on my heart. Um, sometimes I sit down and I prepare these podcasts and try to say, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to share? And then there are other times where the Holy Spirit is like, you're going to share this. <laughs> <laughs> and this is one of those podcasts where he's like, no, you're going to talk about this today, and this is what he put up on my heart. So we're going to talk about it. If you've seen the, the title in the description, yeah, we're going to talk about something that everybody to some degree has in common. Procrastination. Hmm. Putting it off, kicking the can down the road. Yeah doing something else other than what you should be doing, uh, we're going to talk about it. And uh, I think this is important because we're in an age now where everybody, man, everybody is, is doing things, but people don't realize you don't have much time. You really don't. You really don't. And here's and, and this is the, the starting off thing, and this is where I want to jump off, and we're going to get into the scripture is always here. I'm going to always make sure that I tie down whatever I'm talking about to the word of God because that's where uh, the change happens, by hearing his word. But hear me. This is what I've discovered. Satan has many wiles, tactics, methods, methodologies to come against us. One of the things that Satan uses more than anything is building within our thinking and in our minds excuses, reasonings, and whatnot mm -hmm. to put off obedience, to put off doing what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. And here's why. He knows that if you keep delaying obedience to God's will for your life long enough, eventually you're going to run out of time. So instead of having to oppose you with uh, something else. He gets you to 
uh, get bogged down in all these excuses we have and all of these reason, reasonings we have and all of these ideas and things that we, we kind of give ourselves to exonerate ourselves from just doing what the Lord tells us to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, he knows if I keep you putting it off, you're going to run out of oh, time. Yeah. And um, I want to draw your attention to one verse of Scripture here in Ephesians 5, 15, and 16. And this is where the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and he tells them, See then that you walk circumspectly. That means exact. That means targeted living, right? Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time for the days are evil. Now, when you read that, you can see, obviously, that means the days we live in are evil. The days we are walking around in are are days that are full of, of a whole lot of evil. But really, when you look at the the word for evil there in the in the actual verse that he uses, it, I think it's the Greek word poneros, and I think he's talking about not just evil as in, ooh, the boogeyman, the devil, but he's talking about evil in the sense that um, he's talking about the days being full of distracting cares and worries. Hmm. That's yeah. really what it means. It means the day is full of a lot of things that can come and rob your attention. So he hmm. says, live exact. Because the days are full of things that will take your focus, take your attention, distract you. Why is that so important? Why would he give this admonition? Because if I live distracted long enough, I run out of time to do what God told me to do. So he's saying make sure you're dialed in. Make sure you've got your focus on what it is the Lord has put in front of you because the days are full of things that the devil's going to throw at you to try to pull you off to the left, pull you to the right, pull you into this, pull you into that. And mm-hmm. people get pulled into uh, pursuits. Sure. They get pulled into relationships. No doubt. They get pulled into, um, oh, my God. Any, they get pulled into unnecessary bickering and fights. Mm-hmm. And strife, mm-hmm. fighting over stuff that don't even matter, doesn't even concern them. Some of us, some, you know, <laughs> over the last couple of years, people have gotten into battles that have no impact upon their lives. Right. Fighting with people on Twitter and Instagram, that is a wasted amount of time to be fighting with someone on social media. Yeah. For what? What, 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 as the scriptures say, to use, to use that old English in the, new, in the King James, what, what, what cubit? Uh, does that add to your stature <laughs> mm. at all? None. What cubic at all? That doesn't do anything for you. But once again, it's because the age is full of these types of things, distracting cares, yeah. distracting worries, things that intrude into your life and pull you off course. Well, here Paul says, don't do that. He says, make sure that you live exact, mm-hmm. exact living. Now I want to draw your attention to one other verse, and I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. Let me get my phone here uh, out of the way. This New Living Translation here, uh, this is the psalmist talking about what the children of Israel did. And I want you to listen very closely to this because this is so profound. And it's very familiar to us. We read about this in the children of Israel all the time. But you need to see this. Psalms 95, 8 through 11 in the New Living. It says, the Lord says, don't harden your hearts as Israel did at Mirabah as they did at Masai, in the wilderness. For there, were, for there your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw everything I did. For 40 years I was angry with them, and I said, they are a people whose hearts turn away from me. 
They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Mm-hmm. Now, that's strong language. And, of course, that's, that's New Living Translation, so it kind of makes it, they use more uh, modern English. Now, it says, don't harden your heart like they did. Right. Now, most people would swear up and down, myself included. Like I said, I'm not saying this to you condescending. I'm saying this as a Holy Spirit-led check and provocation for all of us. Most of us would consider ourselves people who do not have a hard heart toward God. Hmm. Most of us. Oh, absolutely. But a hard heart is simply being difficult. If you, if, you, if you were to go in the King James and you were to look up these words and you were to follow and study this out, you will find that being hard-hearted or being, being hard-hearted means or hard means to be difficult. You're difficult. You, and you know what it's like to deal with people who are difficult to deal with. You know, if you've ever been a supervisor or an employer, if you've ever been a coworker and you've worked beside somebody and they just make things difficult because they just, they, for whatever reason, they refuse to listen. Yeah. You've ever played on a team where somebody was just one of those players. Bless their heart, they were just, you know, they, they just had a, they had a different head on their shoulders, and they were difficult. <laughs> they were difficult to run to play, difficult to do what was asked of them, difficult to be in the right spot. They are never in the right spot, at the right place, at the right time. They're extremely difficult people to get to comply. And so when the Bible is talking about being hard-hearted, it's talking about being a person who's difficult to comply. That God finds it very difficult to get us to comply. Difficult to get us to actually do what he asks us to do. And we become difficult because we have an endless list of reasons why we can't, why it's not the right time, why it seems hard, Mm -hmm. and we sit here and we talk ourselves into not just doing what the Lord tells us to do. So we we don't start what he tells us to start. We don't go where he tells us to go. We don't remain consistent about the things he tells us to be consistent about. We can't, we can't ever, we never move forward in his plan, his direction for our lives because we've got all of these disqualifying reasons. Absolutely. Right? And here's the, the danger. Notice it says here, in my anger I swore they would not enter into my rest. We know in the King James he says they were not going to enter into the promised land. Now the promised land was God's will for them. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So God started out saying, Israel, let me take you into a land that flows with milk and honey. It is your inheritance. There I want to be a God to you. I want to bless you. So he wanted them in the land. Mm -hmm. But because of their attitude, he says, you ain't going. (laughs) So here, so no, here's, here's the danger. They procrastinated themselves out of a promise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they sure did. No and I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to just let that rest on all of us. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> say la. Let, let it, let it, what, what is it Michael Jackson used to say? Let that simmer. Let that simmer. Let it simmer. Let it simmer. Let it simmer. <laughs> 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 Where did that come from? He used to say, I don't, I don't yeah. know. I just thought about it. Okay. But we're going to let that simmer. We're going to let that sit on every hearer. Hear me now. 
they procrastinated themselves out of a promise. Mm -hmm. That means something God wanted them to have, something he set out for them to have, something he called them to, something he invited them to, so the Father can have a will mm -hmm. stated, revealed in our lives and we can procrastinate ourselves right out of his plan. Mm -hmm. My goodness. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, too, that I think that's kind of the first step, oh, right? Man. Procrastination first. Goodness. And then just a frustration on the part of, of our reasonings and our imaginations. Because then we just start coming up with philosophies to, you know, support why we're procrastinating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not enough just to procrastinate, but now I need an alibi for why I'm procrastinating. And once I've found that, you know, the hole just gets dug deeper and deeper, and I become even more staunch in what I believe and perceive to be the plan that God should should allow and, and vouch for as far as what I want to do yeah. with my life. And the Israelites were no different, right? When they went out there and they saw the giants, and they, you know, they forgot all about what the Lord said. It was all about what they thought and what they believed to be a bad plan. That's a bad plan. And let me tell you why that's a bad plan, because, you know, where is bread for them? This yeah. is not going to work, yeah, out, for, gonna for work us. out for us. And it's the same thing that I think on our end, the more that we sit and we, and we kind of come to a stalemate with God about what he's called us to do, mm -hmm. the more frustrated we become. And the devil's like, this is great because I don't have to do much now. Because no. you're going to start no, no, no. creating your own ideas oh, yeah. about what should be done. You're officially in the ditch. Yeah, you're absolutely in the ditch. Yeah. So he, he doesn't have to. He only has to get concerned about you when you're on the road. No doubt. No doubt. When you're on the road and you're in the middle of God's plan for your life and you're on that road, that's when you get him to oppose you. Once you establish yourself as a ditch dweller, <laughs> once you establish yourself as one who is, well, I, I'm not doing that, or I, 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 but there's, or you just a don't understand. Or a ditch digger. Yeah. yeah, when you start creating your own path, <laughs> yeah. you're over there like, I'm going to Yeah, make this like you're work. plowing your yeah. own thing. And once you get to that point where you, you deviate from the road of God and you get into, this, into the ditch and you get over into that thing, well, now he doesn't, he no longer has to oppose you. He no longer has. And this is why sometimes, now hear me, this is why sometimes some people, whenever they turn away from God's plan and they step outside of the will of God, they feel a release of pressure yeah, on them. Absolutely. Much like, easier. Like, like, uh, like, like they made a great choice. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much that. And, and this, is, this is advanced spiritual teaching to be quite honest with you, because a lot of people, they don't realize these little nuances that Satan plays in people's lives. But God can convict your heart of what you should do, right? W what he has for you, the plan. You step out on that plan, you start serving. And in the middle of serving God, you have the validation in your heart that you're doing what he wants you to do. Mm -hmm. Well, Satan's going to oppose you there. because he, Why? Because you're doing the will of God. So he's going to oppose you in the path of God. So he's going to come at you, but you have the validation within that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right. So you're able to stand your ground. Right. But he will increase pressure on you, and he'll try to put pressure on your flesh. He'll oppose you financially. Mm -hmm. He'll oppose you in all kinds of ways. People have talked about, man, when I started walking with God, it seemed like, man, there's just a lot of stuff starting to happen in negative. D don't, don't let that shock you. 
<laughs> don't don't let that uh, don't let that uh, uh, throw you off. You have an opponent. Hmm. You have an opponent. You have to go off with the validation within. This is God's plan for me, and you have to stand your ground. Now, as you do that, eventually you will overcome the opposition mm-hmm. and walk in your wealthy place and walk in your place of blessing with God because God's will is good and it's incrementally increasing all the time. So. You, if you don't quit, you're going to reap if you faint not, Amen. right? But the scripture wouldn't tell us that if there wasn't periods of opposition. Hmm. You're going to be opposed. From the moment the seed hits the ground, if, you, if you're taking the example of a seed, that farmer has got to now water that seed, protect that seed. Hmm. He's got to watch over that seed. He's got to be looking out for insects and things to, to come to eat it. He, he's got to be protecting all the time. But now when he gets to harvest, it's all fun and it's all good. Because <laughs> now it's break out the combines, let me go get my fruit. Yeah. But he has to go through that period of protecting what he's sown as what he's sown becomes and grows into fruition. And the same is true in purpose and life and God's plan. When you start out, Satan is going to, he's going to oppose you. That's just bottom line. But as people are walking that path and they're being opposed, somewhere along the way, oh, this is too tough. Yeah. This is too hard for me. I, you know, I, don't, I don't really like this. And they choose an alternative route. They, they see an opportunity to get off the path, to take the exit ramp, and they take the exit ramp and they get off. And then there's this lifting of pressure. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not a lifting of pressure off of you. It's the absence of opposition. Mm-hmm. See, so now that Satan has pressured you off the road, he can let up because he's got you off the road. Yeah. You've left the road. And, and, and like I say, hear me now, hear, hear me by the Spirit of God because this is so important for people uh, who are pursuing God's plan for your life. If God tells you to start a business and you start that business, and I mean, that first year, it is just rough. It is tough. First of all, the Lord is probably wanting to teach you things Mm -hmm. that maybe you haven't set aside the time to learn. Secondly, you're being opposed because you decided to do the will of God. And when you decide to do the will of God, Satan says, oh, oh, there you go. (laughs) There she goes. There she goes. Get on it. Get on it right away. Get on it right away. Pressure. Pressure that marriage. Pressure. Pressure. Bring up stuff. Just just get active. Why? Because he wants to oppose you on that path. Mm -hmm. Right, And then you see the opposition, and you say, oh, this is too much, and you walk away from it. And you think, well, maybe that wasn't God's plan for my life. Maybe it was. And you just got opposed, and you quit. You know, And so we have to be people who learn to be obedient, not like the children of Israel who sit there, and they meander, and they procrastinate, and they... They got all of these excuses. And re- and not only do they have all these excuses, but then God, for 40 years. Now, I want you to think about 40 years. That's a long, That's a long time. time. That's a long time. And by all accounts, scholars tell us that the journey that it took them was a matter of days. Some say around two weeks. Some say 11 days. I've, I've read different places. But in any rate, it was <laughs> extremely shorter. <laughs> than 40 years. It did not take them 40 years. But for 40 years, God leads them, first of all, through the wilderness to lead them away from war so that they wouldn't faint and go back. So he did that to protect them. The wilderness was a protection, was a protective measure. Right. 
It was to say, let me, they're fragile in mind. They won't be able to take war. They won't be able to take anything. So let me take them around by way of the wilderness. So God here is considerate of their state of mind Mm -hmm. when he's leading them out of bondage. That's just how much of a provider he is, Absolutely. right? So he's, he's taking all these things into account to get them to this wealthy place. So he takes them round by way of the wilderness. And while they're in the wilderness, they're not starving. No. Their shoes are growing with their feet. Hmm. I mean, I want you to think about it. Yeah. I want you to think about the provision of the Father God. Yeah. Their shoes are growing with their feet. They have a pillow of fire by night, cloud by day, I mean, he's shading them. Mm. He is providing quail and manna. He has provided, first of all, the drowning of the Egyptian army in the Red Sea. So in other words, God says, I'm going to take it off the table that you'll have to look over your shoulder while you head to your wealthy place. I'm going to get rid of everything behind you. I'm going to wash it out. You you won't have to worry about being pursued (laughs) ever. So now all of your focus can be forward because you don't have to worry about Egypt anymore. You don't have to worry about Pharaoh anymore. I'm about to take care of him. So then now all of your focus can be on listening to me, obeying me, following me into your promise. And so, and he's done the same thing for us yes. as born again children oh, of God. Everything in your past is gone. Absolutely. The blood of Jesus has wiped it clean. It's done. It's done. N- Anything that you were, that you think disqualifies you before you came to Christ, it no longer exists. The blood doesn't just cover, it remits sin. It's over. That person is dead. That's done. So he's done the same thing for us. He's saying, look, I'm going to get rid of anything that might draw your attention backward. And I'm going to let you look straight on to what I have for you. And in the midst of all of that provision, the children of Israel are still out there in that wilderness fussing and fighting <laughs> and creating golden calves and, and having carnal flesh parties. And mm-hmm. they're they doing all kinds people of stuff. People. <laughs> people are going people, people gone flesh going flesh. Mm-hmm. And they're out there. And Moses is getting frustrated himself. Joshua, who has another spirit, Caleb, who has another spirit, they end up going in because they get it. They get it. Mm-hmm. They're ready to obey when God says go. When God says jump, Joshua and Caleb are like, how high? Right. They're ready. They have the spirit to inherit. Right. right? They have the mindset to inherit the promise. And this is what I'm getting to, that disposition of procrastinating and excuse-making and alibi building mm-hmm. will never allow you to see what God has promised you. So it doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter what he's promised you. It, it, it matters your disposition of heart before that promise to say yes and amen. Mm-hmm. I, and I go back to something you, you said, uh, and this was a few months ago when you were ministering. And I go back to it because you were, you were very transparent about your own personal testimony in this. Uh, I was somewhat the same way when I accepted my call to ministry, but but yours was just very good. It, it blessed me so much because you were talking about how you got to a place where the Lord shared with you, you know, you already knew what he was putting on your heart to do. Mm-hmm. But the Lord shared with you, you're going to have to get up or else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was that moment where 
it got real sober. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And very real. When you get an or else from the Lord, you know, <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, did I hear you right? <laughs> you said <Yeah>. or else? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, hold on. <laughs> now, now, now it's important for people to know this. It's important for us to, to explain and unpack this to people. Mm-hmm. Because people think, well, was God threatening you? Mm-mm. No, no. No. That's, 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 not, that's not what we're saying. But child of God, hear me. Doesn't Psalm 95 contain an or else? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To a great degree it does. It doesn't say it. But he's saying to them, look, you guys don't want to listen. You don't want to go in, and you're not going. You, you've, after 40 years, that's it. I'm, I'm going to take your children in, all of y'all. I'm about to, <laughs> everybody's about to be wiped out. Mm-hmm. Now, the or else is not about God striking you down, making you sick, or doing whatever. It's about the fact that God's plan for your life is a protection for your life's longevity. Amen. And if you turn God down, it is an or else, because now you've put yourself in a position in disobedience Absolutely. where you're on the devil's ground. Yes. You're out there where now you're resisting and rebuking and taking authority and you're resisting and rebuking and taking authority, and you're resisting and rebuking and taking authority, and you're not seeing results of what you're putting forth because you're doing all of that out of what he asked you to do. So, So his will is important even to the execution of all of the benefits of your salvation. Yeah. It's like trying to draw benefits from a farmer's insurance plan and not being a farmer's member. <laughs> you yeah, know I'm calling my insurance, and today is farmers, and I'm going to let them know that my roof needs to be replaced. And, and they're like, uh, like, who I, are you? I don't, we don't see a membership number. Or yeah, we, we don't have we a, don't have a policy you. number for that's you. That's so good. Because yeah. that's the truth. Yeah. And so we try to benefit from Soteria, but we won't do what he asks us. And he's so faithful and merciful, so he keeps striving with us to try and get us to open up and to obey. I need you to obey. I need you to obey. You're praying for finances to increase. You're praying for the healing of your body. You're praying for this, that, or the other to take place in your life. And these things belong to you in Christ. These things have been purchased by his blood and his sacrifice for you, but you're not benefiting from your benefits because over here he's asked you to do A, and you keep saying no. Right. Well, see, now you've frustrated the grace of God. You're straining it in your life yeah. because you, you, can't, you can't sit there and walk in known disobedience to his revealed will for you and then just say, well, yeah, I'll disobey him, but you know what? I want that healing. <laughs> <laughs> and I want that prosperity in my life, Definitely and I want God that. to meet all my needs. And here's the beautiful thing about God. His, his agape is so rich, Amen. so deep, so real. Amen. He, he can't make you obey, so he just keeps working on you in every way he can to get you to repent. It's, yes. it's, it's going back to Job 36 and yeah. 11. Yeah. You know, he opens our ear to instruction. If we obey and serve him, we'll spend our days in prosperity, years in pleasure. He's saying, if you'll just come, if you'll, if you'll change your mind, if you'll repent and come into instruction, I'm telling you, you'll be blessed. And so he keeps trying to get us in there. But the longer we procrastinate, the more dangerous it becomes. And a lot of people put their lives in a very stranglehold. 
a very strangled place, a very straightened place, yeah. because they persist in procrastinating. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, especially if you've been in the faith for a while, then you've probably missed God more than once. Oh yeah, I mean, you no know doubt. what I mean. No so, doubt about so, so no there's definitely always room to, I think. Father, okay, hold on. Let me. If things aren't lining up, right? If I'm not seeing everything that that book says that I have available mm. to me, then that's an opportunity for me to pause and take some time to go before Him and say, "What did I miss?" Right? Because it's not that you haven't made it available. It's not that it's not part of my benefits package. It absolutely is. But what am I? What am I missed a step? And I wanna, mm. I wanna make sure that I go back and correct that because there are greater things ahead. Right there, there's going to be greater instruction ahead. So I, if I don't get that elementary instruction, I can't just skip to the PhD instruction. Yeah. Right, I'm not going to be able to write that dissertation if I didn't get my ABCs, my one, two, threes, and everything no else doubt. done at the beginning. So no doubt, man, that's good. Man, I'm just feeding off you, Pastor. I'm just feeding off you. You see what I have to deal with. <laughs> I love you though. <laughs> but you no, I, and and I'm really. This is very sobering for me. I mean, and I, and I wanted to I wanted to land that way on the listener, because it's not condemnation. It's not it's not being, you know, if we're not careful in this age in which we're we're trying to teach people God's grace and His goodness, which we should because God is good, mm-hmm. and His grace is is sufficient, no doubt about that. But if we're not careful. We'll take the sobriety right out right out of the faith. Yeah. The sobriety that we have to have that no, you don't just get to do what you want to do. That there's responsibility. That there is responsibility. responsibility. We don't like that word. That there so. is accountability. Yes. That there is going to be judgment. Yes. Absolutely. Of the quick and the dead. Absolutely. Right? That he's going to at his appearing, he tells us that that the Lord He's going to ask of me, what did you do with what I called you to do? Mm-hmm. And, man, I sit there and procrastinated and procrastinated and procrastinated and procrastinated. <laughs> <laughs> and then I show up before, before Jesus, and it ain't like I'm going to be able to say, well, Lord, see, you, you, you don't understand. You know, like there's, there's no, there's no. It's not a good way to start that That's not a good way. There's no, there's <laughs> yeah. nothing I'm going to present. Like there's nothing I'm there's no leg I'm gonna be standing on, right? Other than the fact that his blood and his mercy forgives. Yeah. But why would I wanna live a life leaning only on the forgiveness hmm. and yeah. never embracing the provision of his grace to do and be? Yeah. Never embracing my, my sonship. Yes. Just, just always kind of living like the um you know, like the backslidden child. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like who always wants, leaning who wants to on be the mercy of my parent. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, just always dealing with the fact he's going to come bail me out. He's mm-hmm. going to come pick me up. They're going to come pay for me to get this. Absolutely. They, you you never become. No. You never become. You never you never develop. Yeah. Right? And so God is asking of us certain things he's called you to do. Certain things he's placed on your heart, he's called you into. There's certain anointings that, that he has for you. There's certain uh, things and assignments he has for your life. And he's faithful to reveal those assignments. But once revealed, we have to be willing to obey. Yes. And we have to step out, check our hearts, 
and say, Lord, all the excuses and whatever else I'm using to not do what you're telling me to do <laughs> is done. Because just like you said in that message, and I go back to that message you preached uh, quite often, because like I said, it was very, very good. Baby, it was very good. Oh, thank you, and you, you talked about how, and you were using the parable of the talents and how when they showed up, they, the one he gave five brought his five plus the other five and brought ten. The one had the two brought the four. The one that had one, of course, he shows up, and we know what he did with his, and he buried it and what have you. And it spoke to us something. You, you, you brought something out of that verse that I had never seen out of all the times I've read it, how that they only brought what he gave them. Mm -hmm. Of course, they multiplied it, yes, right. but he br they brought back to him multiplications of what he gave them. And that when, when, we, when we see Jesus, when we stand before him, we will only offer what he asks of us. Amen. We won't get to bring what we did in life. Mm -hmm. We'll bring as an offering what he asks, our obedience to what he asks us to do in life. Mm -hmm. I kind of, let, let me make that plain. We won't bring what we've done in this life. We will bring our obedience to what he asks of us to do in this life. Mm -hmm. So I won't get to say, oh, but Lord, you know, I mean, <laughs> you see what I did in X, Y, and Z. I mean, yeah. He's like, yeah, but I called you to do A, B, and C, right? right? And so this, is, this, is, this has got to be important to us, man. This has got to be a time because just like Paul said, the days are evil. And we've got to walk exact, we've got to walk circumspect and redeem our time. Because you don't have all day. I'm telling you, you do not have all day. And the longer you keep procrastinating, I see people, they're not, they're not serving where they should be serving. They're not doing what they should be doing. Mm -hmm. There are people who are not in service in church and doing the things they should be doing because there's a million little alibis they give themselves. There's a million <laughs> little escapes they give themselves from doing just what you know God's putting on your heart to do. Absolutely. And then just do it. Get up and do it. <laughs> Get up and go to that job and do it. Start that thing and do it. If he's calling you to serve more in your church, your house of worship, wherever you go, do it. Get out of bed on Sunday. Get yourself up. And if you're not doing anything at all, then you ought to definitely do oh, it because yeah. apparently you don't know what to do. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> but true. if there are things that's to be done, true. then maybe you should just be like, I can do that. I can do whatever. I can do, that. I can do what, it, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up and I'm going to yeah. get active in God's plan. Yeah. And I'm going to get my mind off of myself. I'm going to get my mind out of my feelings and out of my emotions and get Say out that. of my moodiness and Say all of that. my little complaints and my man, 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 and get out all that whining. <laughs> Oh, seriously, get out of that pity party and that, that self-loathing and get yourself up engaged in God's eternal plan for your life. Yeah. Because the longer you stay there, no matter how you justify yourself, you're on the devil's ground. No doubt. And I don't want to gloss over this one moment because not a whole lot of preachers nowadays will tell people this. But when you disobey God and you persist in doing so, you put yourself on the devil's ground. Yes, you do. Now, he's under your feet. He is defeated. He is no match for you in Christ Jesus in obedience to God's will for your life. 
But when you're disobedient to God, you give him place. You put yourself on his ground. And that's when he has access and all kinds of little funny business starts happening in your life. <laughs> yes. You're young and your health starts going crazy and wonky. I can you, testify. Amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. And that's, why, and that's why I'm bringing this up because we're coming yeah. from a place where we, this is how we've lived. This is how we've learned these things by revelation of the word, but by experience as well, that you start having things go on in your body, your life, your things are just going in your life because you're on the devil's ground because you're hard-headed. Yeah. You're hardened your heart. You you won't move. You you're stubborn. You're you and no matter what you do to classify it or, or you're stubborn. You're a stubborn person and you don't want to move. And you're sitting there and you can say, Well, but it's this and it's that and church people and this and all this church hurt business. And that is just an excuse for being a hard hearted, stubborn person. But you also know this how you go from procrastination, frustration, and then to offense. Mm. Immediately, there's issues with people oh, around oh, you because ultimately, people are what yes. are who hold your 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 word, your impartation, yes. that anointing, that that ability to speak into your life. So he he says, "I'm just going to strangle everything that God is trying to get to you by cutting you off from people." And that's why you get offended. Now I'm, I want to leave that church. I mm. want I'm done with them. I don't talk to them no more because blah blah whatever you came up with. But it's just a it's just a simple alibi. And the devil's like, this is so easy. I just get you to procrastinate. You get a little frustrated. Now you're offended. Oh, we done. I move yeah. on to the next patient. Who's yeah. up next? That's right. <laughs> I've handled them. Yeah, you got them. I've you, handled you've them. You've got them self-checked, and they are they are compl- until they repent. They're until finished. they repent, Absolutely. because it'll just be one offense and stumbling block after the next. Yes, sir. And ma- and you become touchy. Yes. You become fretful, resentful. Yeah. Next thing you know, you are you're you're becoming judgmental. Yes. Now you'll swear oh, yeah. up and down. Don't don't judge me. <laughs> but you become the most judgmental soul on the planet. No doubt. Because you're nitpicking everything you're seeing in people's lives all around you. You know more about how Christians ought to be, and you're a Christian. Then you have to practice. Then you have to practice. Exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. what I was getting to. You know everything about what people, you know every I they need to dot and every T they need to cross. But what about you? Mm-hmm. You see, Satan has completely perverted your walk. No doubt. He's turned you inward. No doubt. And he's completely walled you off from what God has for you. And it starts with that consistent, persisting procrastination to God's will for your life. Absolutely. It's silent rebellion. That's what it is. It is. It's unspoken rebellion. Wow. That just grows into this. Man, that is rhema. So procrastination, frustration, and it will eventually graduate into offense. Offense. And once against the offense, brother, the bars, uh, the the offense becomes a fence. Yes. (laughs) In other words, the offense becomes a wall between you and every avenue God wants to feed your life with his plan and purpose. You'll be offended at people, family, church, Mm -hmm. preachers, Mm co-workers. And you can, and here's the thing about it. You can live in a state of offense so long, it no longer feels like offense. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. It's your personal philosophy that you've branded and you have guaranteed, validated that it's absolutely correct. It, I know more about the Bible than the rest of y'all. Yeah, it becomes a disposition. Yes, it does. And you can, you're sitting in it. Yes. 
And once you uh, once you sit there and you sit in that offense all that time, it becomes the lens through which you see the world. Mm-hmm. And until that person is able to have a real Jesus moment of repentance, that offense will serve to keep you short of the glory of God and the and the and the plan of God for your life for the rest of your life. Yeah. And and we as the church have to learn to be honest about the fact that we've watched this happen a lot. Mm-hmm. People who just never, never, Brother Hagen used to call it being on the spiritual junk heap, mm-hmm. that they never didn't quite ama- amount to what it was God planned for them because, and it wasn't God's fault, and it wasn't anybody else's fault. They, they started off procrastinating. They persisted in that, mm-hmm. refused to just quit giving themselves these little alibis and self-pitying and get on in God's plan and do what he asked. Then they moved into being frustrated and into graduating into offense, and they end up on the junk heap. But here is the redeeming part about it, because I know what we've said has been very sober, and it should be. This has been, this has been prophetic, I believe. This has been rhema <laughs> uh, sitting here today. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So no matter how long you've persisted, at any time, you can repent. You can say, yes, Lord. Mm -hmm. And he will take whatever time is left for you and get the best out of you. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. He can take a life that has been in rebellion for decades. And if they finally break through and say, Jesus, forgive me, I'm coming full circle. I'm coming full circle, and I'm going to do what you tell me to do. He will take whatever they have. Now, that's redeeming the time. Mm -hmm. But now, you can't go back and fix 25 years of persistent procrastination (laughs) and offense. And sometimes we, we... Preach it to people almost like they're going to, not, maybe, but uh, most of the time, no. No, no, no. No, it ain't going to be like that. What's going to happen is the Father's going to do the best he can with you with the time he's got with you, and he will make you the most fruitful bow in that moment of time. Your latter will be greater than your former, but you have to say yes. You have to repent. You have to come full circle and say, Lord Jesus, here I come. I'm bringing everything. Every gift I have is yours. Every talent I have is yours. My life is yours. My time is yours. I'm over myself. I'm over my my sensitivity. I'm over my thin skin living. I'm over being offended by everything. I'm over all the alibis and the excuses. And here I come, Jesus. And I'm going to follow you and let you make me what you want me to be. And when you get there, that's when things get good. And yeah, the devil will oppose you, but you just take authority over him. You just step right over him and keep on moving, no matter what. I mean, when I look at my life and I look at where the Spirit of God is leading me and where our ministry is going and where the Lord, the doors the Lord is opening and the future that sits in front of us, I, if I had quit... I would have given all of that up. And I'm speaking prophetically now. I I, I see where it's going. I don't see everything because he never shows us everything. 
but I can see where he has for me, and I've embraced the calling on my life, and I'm no longer sitting around, you know, I'm no longer whining about myself. I don't care anything about myself anymore. I really don't. I have no cares about my image. I don't have any cares about popularity or acceptance or any of that nonsense. That is child's play. That is kiddie pool stuff. I am all about now, Father, what is your will for my life? And so now he begins to open the road and begins to show you. And he can bless you then. Yes, amen. But, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say very quickly, though, once you do give that yes, I think the important thing to maintain it is you got to have joy, right? You have Mm. to serve him with joy and gladness. Amen. And so yes is great. Repentance is great. Right. But the reality is that 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 old mind and attitude and those habits that we have developed can kind of try to jump up and nip at your heels every once in a while and remind you that, you know, we we had a way of doing things. But if but if we stay joyful, if we stay full of gratitude, you'll be amazed at what God can do with your yes. And that's with everything. When you get ready to serve, when you wake up that morning, Lord, I said yes, but I'm grateful and I'm I'm joyful and I'm ready to go and serve you. And I think it completely changes what he can do and how fast he can move Mm. on the yes that that you offer to him. That's good. That's good and that's so true, man. Serving the Lord with gladness. Here it is. This is your opportunity. We're done talking. We're gonna get out of your hair. We're not gonna. We're not gonna. Because I know, like I said, this this type of message is this is strong meat. This is strong. This is strong for people, but it's necessary in the hour in which we live because Satan is working overtime to draw people into time wasting activity. <laughs> I mean, time wasting activity where you're all over the place doing a lot of things, and when you're doing those things, of course, you're not doing the thing that the Spirit of God has for your life. This is going to be a good year. We're still in the beginning, January 13th. This is going to be an amazing and a blessed year for you as we walk the path. Remember, if you can go back to the message I preached on on New Year's Day, that his paths drop fatness. He crowns the year with his goodness, uh, Psalm 65 and 11, and his paths drop fatness, that his path for your life has provision all over it. And so as we walk in his path, as we walk in the way that he wants us to take, we walk into the provision he has for us. And I'm telling you, take this word today as a word to you, especially those of you who are underneath our leadership or you call Christ Nation's Church your family, your home, call us your pastor. Take this because I believe with all of my heart I was led of the Holy Ghost to share this subject matter today. Um, Like I said, this was not something I chose to talk about. This was something he told me to talk about. And he has proven himself through this podcast, uh, just all through the whole thing, with one revelation after the next that I believe speaks prophetically and directly into the lives of those that hear. And so here, this is God providing for you. And so my prayer for you is you have the courage, you have the, the, the strength to obey to be obedient, to do what he asks for you to do, and you watch him perform his wonders in your life. God bless you guys. If you know of anybody that needs to hear this that maybe was not on this live stream, I know it's in the middle of the day on a Friday, share it with somebody. Send it to them. Give them a link. Let them go watch it on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, or they can watch it right here on Facebook, on our Facebook page. Share it with people you love that need to hear a right now word in season for our lives. God is good. 
and his mercy is everlasting. <laughs> Amen. And he's going to do wonders in your life. God bless you guys. Until next Friday, I love you, and I will see you then.